Situation update for Monday, September 27th, 2021. Mike Adams here. I need to share something with you that is um, a red alert action item for you to pursue. And let me provide some context to this and also some websites and, and some instructions. You, there's things you need to do to get ready. So the food supply lines are, there's an engineered um, collapse of the supply lines underway. It's getting, it's getting bad. At schools and, and food manufacturers and grocery stores, when they're ordering their commercial quantities of food, they're getting now about half of what they have ordered. So at the commercial level, the food supply is, is already cut about 50%. This is going to translate into empty shelves. In the grocery stores, you're probably already seeing them. You're seeing the purchase limits. You're seeing Costco and Kroger and, you know, all the grocery stores across America, the big box stores are already announcing that they're out of toilet paper, paper towels, limits on chicken, limits on pork, whatever. All kinds of things are out of stock. The, the canned soups, the canned vegetables, on and on. Folks, this is only going to get worse. What you can do, well, because this is the, this is the winter die-off chapter, which I'm going to talk about in more detail here today. But there's something that you need to do urgently in order to prepare yourself for this. And it is, and, and please don't, don't, don't take this the wrong way, because I'm going to say this thing and then you're going to go, oh, that's too hard. But I, I got a solution for you that's going to make it super easy, okay? So the phrase is, grow your own food. You're, going to, uh, you're like, no, I can't, I can't garden. Folks, I have a solution for you that is so easy of how to grow your food. And that's what I need to share with you here for the next just couple of minutes. And, and I'm going to share with you a, um, a science paper and a technology for this. And I'm not going to go into too much detail, but just I'll show you where to look. Okay. So the science paper was published in 2010 by uh, an author named B.A. Kratky, K-R-A-T-K-Y. Kratky, write that down. It's out of the College of Tropical Agriculture and Human Resources at the University of Hawaii. And the title of the paper, and this is what I encourage you to check out, is called A Suspended Net Pot Non-Circulating Hydroponic Method for Commercial Production of Leafy Romaine and Semi-Head Lettuce. Now, I became aware of this research many years ago, and this became the basis for uh, a site and some videos and a product that I launched. And by the way, this is not about the product because the product's not even available anymore because we can't get enough labor to make them. But the product was called the Food Rising Mini Farm Grow Box, and it used the Krat Key method, which was originally based on technology out of Taiwan, but whatever. Um, it used the Krat Key method, but you can make your own solution. So let me give you some resources. Well, first, first of all, this is a hydroponic system that uses no pumps. There's no pumps and there's no air bubblers. It is a, it's the simplest system for growing food that you could ever possibly imagine. And I have, I've invested in grow towers. I've invested in NFT, uh, nutrient film technique systems. I have run these systems for the last six months. I was going to do a big video about all of it and compare everything. And at, I tell you what, at the end of it all, you know what I realized? The simplest system, the most reliable system, the system that works without a power grid is the food rising system 
which is really the Kratky system, which is the non-circulating net pot suspended hydroponic system. And, and let me just share with you, I'm not going to go into all the details here. You can watch the free videos at foodrising.org, but let me just add, and this is very important. You don't need the valves. You don't need an external water supply. You can do this manually. You can make it even simpler than what I have on Food Rising. It's so simple. It's basically, here it is. It's a bin. It's a bin with a lid. You drill holes in the lid, like four-inch holes. You put in the four-inch net pots. You put your your clay pebbles in there, you know, for your to sprout your your plants, or you sprout them separately, and then you put the the plants in there. You fill the bin near to the top with hydroponic solution. And there's all kinds of uh, recipes online where you can find what should go in the hydroponic solution. A certain amount of calcium, magnesium, trace minerals, potassium, you know, total dissolved solid numbers and maybe 800, certain pH range around 6.0 for most plants and so on. Tons of free um, materials. It's, It's really easy to do this. It's super easy. It's not complicated because there's no pumps in this system. So when the power grid goes down, this system continues to grow food. And over time, as the water level drops in the bin, what happens is the plants, they their roots extend down from the suspended lid where they are. The, the net pot is suspended, and the roots go all the way to the bottom. And for the bottom few inches, the roots are in the nutrient solution, and then the rest of the roots are suspended in the air, and that's how the plant gets its oxygen. You don't need an oxygenator. You don't need a bubbler. You don't need a circulation pump. This system works on gravity alone, gravity and physics. You just have to manually pour in a little more water, I'm sorry, nutrient solution each day to keep about three inches of solution in the bottom of the bin. And that's it. This thing grows food like nothing else I've ever seen. I've tried the system. I've tried hydroponics. I've tried aeroponics. I've done uh, aquaponics you know, with fish tanks and everything. I've, I've done, I've tried every system that I'm aware of, uh, ebb and flow system, deep water culture systems, DWC, all these systems. Nothing works as easily as this Kratky system, which is the food rising system, which works without any electricity whatsoever. So folks, I urge you, you you're going to come to a day real soon. You're going to go to the grocery store and there's nothing there. Or almost nothing. It's going to look like freaking Venezuela, you know, third world collapse scenario. You're going to go in there and there's just almost nothing in there. Maybe, maybe some bags of rice or something. Maybe. If you want fresh produce, you're going to have to grow it. And there is no better technology in human civilization that I'm aware of than this Kratky method, which is a suspended net pots in a bin. It could be a bin you buy at Home Depot, you know, in a bin. And, and, and some of the roots are suspended in air, and the lower parts of the roots are touching the nutrient solution in the bottom of the bin. And you're just adding nutrient solution each day, and you're growing everything. You're growing <laughs> all the medicinal herbs, you know, the, the oregano, the rosemary, the thyme, the, the peppermint, the cilantro, the basil, all of it. You're growing all that stuff, plus... You can grow tomatoes, peppers. I mean, the plants get so big, you have to figure out some kind of a bracing system, by the way, because you'll get big, big tomato plants and they'll fall over, right? You got to, you know, you got to stand them up. 
You can grow zucchinis. You can grow watermelon out of these systems. I'm telling you, they just take a lot more nutrient solution. You just keep pouring it in each day. Make sure you, you keep about three inches in the bottom, you know, after it's got a root system. So I'm not going to go into all the details here about how to do this, but I'm telling you, this is the answer. How to grow your own food cheaply, easily, with no electricity. And it produces like crazy and it's dirt cheap. So what I'm doing, I'm actually setting up a, um, a new indoor a grow light powered system. I'm going to be growing from this point forward a massive amount of uh, kale and and lettuce and spinach and basil and all kinds of things like that. The things that I use in food and medicine. I'm I'm setting up a massive. Well, I don't know if, if massive is the right word. It's not a commercial level system, but for myself and, and some people that I know and barter with, it's going gonna, it's gonna to feed multiple families. Let's just put it that way. It's going to feed multiple families with all kinds of lettuces and so on. It's going to have a, a couple hundred plants growing at once, and it's all indoors. And it, 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 th this is the system we're going to use. And it, this compared to paying what you're going to be paying at the grocery store, this system is dirt cheap. I mean, it's pennies. In, in terms of nutrient solution. Yeah, there may be some upfront cost, but in terms of the produce that you get out of it for the money that you put into it, it's going to be a fraction of what this food costs at the grocery store. All right. So I needed to say all that upfront because from a practical perspective, you can go out, you can buy almost any bin. You don't need the valves that I, that I talk about on food rising. You don't have to have a valve. You don't have to have an automatic you know, water introduction system to keep it level. You just have to check it each day, pour in some extra water, you know, nutrient solution. That's it. It's the simplest system. This can keep you alive. And the other reason this is critical is because of guerrilla gardening. I believe we're coming upon a time very quickly now where there's going to be food rationing in America and in many countries. Food rationing, especially if you're unvaccinated, you may not be allowed to go into a grocery store. They'll say, well, you're unvaccinated. Gosh, you know, look at all the people dying, which is going to be the, the vaccinated people, but they'll blame you, right? And they're going to say, well, you're not allowed to shop. Or they're going to say, oh, you've met your, your limit, your daily limit. You can only have one head of lettuce. You see my point? Or, or you can only have one apple. Not that you can grow apples in these... Uh, hydroponic systems, but you can grow berries. You can grow, you know, other kinds of smaller fruit. So you're going to need a way to grow food off grid. Food that's not tracked by the government, food that isn't on the database where they're limiting you. This is the answer. And the, the best thing about this is if you're going out and buying these bins and you're buying, I don't know, net pots and simple things, you're not leaving a big record that you're in the that you're in the marijuana business or anything you know these are just bins you're not buying you know cannabis growing equipment which can raise red flags in certain areas where that's not legal but by just buying these bins you're you're not raising those red flags so it's a great way to engage in guerrilla gardening and besides you're just growing food you know <laughs> it's i mean you're just growing food and this the, you're going to need these skills you're going to need this know-how so now is the time to do this. I'm doing it again. 
although I hadn't been growing food like this for quite a while, but I'm back into it uh, this year because of COVID. Well, because of, because of the tyranny, actually, the COVID tyranny. And by the way, what's, I mean, another purpose of all of this to grow food, it's the ultimate barter item. Everybody needs to eat. And you can grow food year-round in the right climates, or you can grow food indoors using electricity for grow lights. But if you've got sunlight, out, I mean, it's the right temperature, you can just grow this food outside or, you, or in a little greenhouse or, or what have you. And you can produce food essentially year-round. Oh, and finally, did I mention that there's no weeding <laughs> and there's, there's no soil? That's right. No, no weeding, no soil, no pumps, no electricity. Yeah, this, this is the best food production system in the world. So everybody uh, check it out. Now, m moving on here, I got to talk about the winter die-off that's coming. This is the, well, as you know, this is a, an extermination agenda against humanity. And the die-off is accelerating. You're probably hearing more and more stories about people being killed by the vaccines. And that's just the beginning of what's coming. The die-off is going to include engineered shortages from uh, in the realm of fuel, energy. And look at what's happening in the UK and across Western Europe. They don't have enough fuel in terms of natural gas. A lot of it from Russia. They don't have enough. And because they have a natural gas shortage, then the fertilizer companies are shutting down. They don't have enough natural gas to make the fertilizer. So now you have a fertilizer shortage. This is happening now. You're going to have food crop shortages, obviously, in the next grow season there. But because there's, they're not making fertilizer, one of the byproducts of fertilizer is carbon dioxide. So now there's a CO2 shortage. And carbon dioxide is used in uh, food packaging. And it's also used to slaughter ranch animals, specifically pigs and chickens across the UK and European countries. So now there's a, there's a pork and chicken shortage. You see, uh, and then because of the COVID lockdowns, which are all engineered to destroy humanity, they don't have enough truck drivers to drive the gasoline to the gas stations in the UK. And that's why you have the gas stations running out of gas. And they always use this phrase in the media, panic buying, that they say people are panic buying in uh, gasoline in the UK. Folks, there's no such thing as panic buying gasoline. You're just buying gas because you need it. Panic buying would be buying crap you don't need. Oh, honey, let's go buy butterfly nets. Uh, we need butterfly nets. We Hurry. That, that would be panic buying if you suddenly felt the urge to buy butterfly nets. Buying gasoline and food is not panic buying. That's rational buying. <laughs> it's like you go to Costco, honey, uh, we better get some food or we're going to starve. That's not panic buying. Even if you're buying a lot, that's just called planning ahead. That's called meal planning, folks. Since when was meal planning bad? Or if you're buying gasoline and putting it in containers, uh, that's just called transportation planning, is it not? Don't governments stockpile supplies that they're going to don't corporations stockpile supplies don't hospitals have backup generators with on-site diesel fuel and natural gas it's called planning folks 
planning. So I, I'm not seeing any panic buying. I'm just seeing, I'm just seeing a lot of planning buying going on. But anyway, it's here. The the kill zone has been opened up beneath our feet, and they're coming for us. They're coming for humanity. And they're going to try to starve you out. They're going to try to kill you with the spike protein. They're going to release more bioweapons. They're going to have cyber attacks on the power grid, right? They're going to have fuel shortages. They're going to try to freeze you out if you're in a cold climate this winter. And of course, they're going to attack ivermectin and vitamin D. Now they're attacking povidone iodine. Do you hear about that? Because this is a highly effective solution. You can, you can dilute it in water. You can make a nasal spray out of it and you can you can like sanitize your your nostrils with this stuff. I mean, if you do it, obviously do it in a wise way. I'm not urging you to do it. I mean, get information about how to do it safely. But there, there's people are spraying their nasal passages with povidone iodine. And the media is attacking it. Oh my God, all these anti-science people. So the media is now anti-sanitizers. They hate sanitizers. I mean, they... They attack chlorine dioxide, they attack colloidal silver, they attack bleach, they attack povidone iodine, which is used in every hospital in the world for surgical prep, by the way, you know, to take the all the bacteria and viruses off your skin, kill them all. They, they're wiping you with the iodine. That's why it's all, you know, purplish red looking stuff. It's povidone iodine. Kills everything. Why do they use it for surgical prep? Because it works, but now suddenly... You know, the media is attacking it. So they're against everything that works. And if you want to live through this, you need to do essentially the opposite of everything that CNN says. That's for sure. But one of the ways they're killing people, of course, is with the vaccines and the booster shots. Now, there was a very interesting poll that came out of a company called Big Data Poll. And let's see, Christine Dolan or Dolan and Richard Barris uh, had a, they did an interview with CD Media, creativedestructionmedia.com, which is a, a really good website. And they revealed data from this poll that is absolutely um, stunning. And I'm going to share some of that with you here because this reveals how many people are being really harmed uh, by the vaccines. Now, keep in mind that dead people can't answer polls. So there's a whole section of dead people killed by the vaccine that are not captured in this poll because they're dead. But for the ones who are not yet dead, listen to this. Black Americans have three times higher uh, rates of reactions, serious reactions to the vaccine compared to white people. It's incredible. And if you look at the Severe adverse effects, like which people had severe effects, guess what age group has the highest percentage of people with severe effects? It's affecting about 6% of those people. The age group, the highest age group is 18 to 29-year-olds. It's not even the the 65-plus-year-olds, no. Whereas, you know, they say COVID affects people who are older, but COVID vaccines affect people 18 to 29. In fact, 22.5% of people aged 18 to 29 who got a vaccine experienced moderate adverse effects that interfered with their activity. 46% experienced mild adverse effects. 
and the 6% had serious effects that prevented their daily activity. Only 25% said they experienced no effects. So think about it. Three out of four people age 18 to 29, when they take a COVID shot, three out of four experience adverse effects. Three out of four. And yet the media tells us, oh, there's no adverse effects. I mean, really? How many hundreds of million in America? Isn't it like 200 million people or something that have been injected now with these vaccines? I forgot the exact number. I guess the CDC is lying about it anyway. You know what? Let, let, let's see what the CDC is, is claiming the current number is here. Okay, here it is. The CDC says 213 million Americans have had one dose and 183 million have had two doses. Okay, so that's that's what they're claiming. So let's just round that off to 200 million. If you have 200 million people who took this vaccine, and I don't know how many of them are in the age group of 18 to 29, but Let's just say, I mean, what would be a reasonable guess? 50 million people? And then out of the 50 million, three out of four people are experiencing adverse effects. So that's what, 37.5 million people aged 18 to 29 are experiencing adverse effects from these vaccines. And again, a lot of them are dead, so they weren't even captured in the poll. All right, now let's move on to gender. And by the way, I want to show you some of these polls here. So watch your screen as I'm talking about this. I'm going to show you the vaccine adverse effects by gender. And the gender that experienced the highest rates of severe adverse effects is women, not men. In fact, it's about twice as many women as men experience severe adverse effects. And among women, Let's see here. Um, it looks like 67% roughly of all women had some kind of adverse reaction to the vaccine. Only 33% did not. So what does that tell you? Two out of three women suffer adverse reactions. And yet the media lies to us and says, no, nothing, nothing happens. All right. All right. Look at the vaccine adverse effects by race. What do you see? Well, okay, we're looking at white people, black people, Hispanic people, and Asian people. Uh, which group suffers the highest rate of severe adverse effects? Now, this one may surprise you a little bit, but it's not Asian people because only 2.2% of Asians had severe adverse reactions. And it's not white people it's only 3.3%. And believe it or not, it's not even black people. That's only 3%, which I thought at first that would be much higher. The highest group at 9.5% is actually Hispanic. So Hispanic people, almost one out of 10 Hispanic people are suffering a, an ex, a severe adverse reaction from a vaccine, the COVID vaccine that prevents daily activity like walking or cooking or working a job or <laughs> showering or, you know, putting on your own clothes because these vaccines are killing people. But see, I, I actually read these colors wrong when I first looked at this because they, they use a color in this chart. They, they need to improve their colorization of this whole thing because they use a color for black people that is like kind of pinkish. And then they use a color for Hispanic people that's just lighter pink. And then they use a color for white people that's red. 
for some reason and then asian people it's blue so it's like why why can't you just use colors that make sense that that are unique but nevertheless nevertheless, nevertheless the, the group that experiences the most harm here apparently are hispanic and latino people but across all these groups only uh, 38% said they experienced no side effects and and everybody else i mean what is that 62% almost two thirds said yeah they experienced some kind of side effects amazing wow now remember as you look at all this data that people have been brainwashed into thinking that well you're not really quote vaccinated until 2 weeks after you take the shot so when people are getting sick and heart attacks and having chest pain and having you know strokes and whatever in the first 2 weeks after the vaccine they'll tell themselves cuz they're so brainwashed tell themselves I'm not even yet vaccinated so it couldn't be the vaccine uh you moron you got injected <laughs> what do you think is happening i mean i can't help it i i got i got to call them what what they are i'm sorry seriously who who who's dumb enough to get injected with an experimental toxic gene altering concoction that the government is forcing on you the same government that lies about everything else i mean seriously you almost have to have a lobotomy to accept the vaccine in the first place no i mean i'm not pulling punches on this if you took the vaccine that's not a great decision it's not very smart and the people who are taking the vaccine they're dying and they're getting injured in huge numbers and uh, this is all by design this is an extermination experiment now i need to help you understand that everything is staged this is kind of a new chapter of the, of the podcast here today everything is staged everything you think you know about history is rigged staged faked or planned or, or whatever there are almost no spontaneous events in history not 9-11 uh, not Oklahoma City, not the Boston bombing, nothing. These are all rigged, staged events. I'm not saying people didn't die in those events because they they do. They kill people because that's part of the of the theater that they're pulling off. And then they roll out crisis actors and they roll out fake nurses and doctors and fake medical people. Oh my God, our hospitals are overflowing. Uh, now, just like with COVID, they're doing the same thing. They're all actors, folks or they're people who are pressured to, to lie. And again, I'm not saying that real people weren't hurt at these events, but they're using crisis actors. If you go back and look at the films of the people they interviewed, you know, like the grieving parents sometimes, or you know, the doctors and nurses, they all end up being political operatives. You notice that? Because they're CIA people. <laughs> they're, they're, they're controlled, you know, narrative pushers. They're propagandists and, and they're actors. They're paid to be actors. So speaking about how everything is faked and staged, do you realize that after the Arizona audit situation last week that there hasn't been one official statement from the GOP, not, not a single tweet, not a post on Facebook, nothing that talks about the fact that that audit found 57,000 uh, ballots that are likely fraudulent, which is over five times the margin of quote victory that Biden claims. So we already have five times more potentially fraudulent ballots. I mean, we have we had them caught on video deleting 
logs from the voting machines, we have from Dr. Shiva over 17,000 ballots that have the same exact uh, signatures, duplicate signatures. I mean, there are more than enough ballot, ballots that are fraudulent to invalidate this election and decertify it. But the GOP is silent? The GOP? Folks, I gave up on the GOP on January 6th, it turns out. Yeah. Or was it December 20th? But when when former VP Mike Pence, the fake Christian backstabber of America, when he failed to do his job and throw out the fraudulent electoral votes from the fraudulent states that rigged their elections, he betrayed America. But boy, is he loved by the GOP because the GOP as a party, dare I say, the GOP are a bunch of traitors and a bunch of backstabbers and a bunch of uh, spineless cowards who have sold out America so that they could get their money from China and they could get all their, I don't know, what, what kind of goodies are they into? You know, I mean, we know what Hunter Biden's into. What about GOP people? They into like hookers and cocaine and fancy cars or, or maybe little kids. I don't, who knows? They're, some of them probably, they're all so evil. Folks, we've been sold down the river by the GOP. And of course, the DNC, but that's a given. Um, the GOP goes along with the Democrats on everything now. The GOP, did you see that 135 members of the GOP signed the red flag gun confiscation bill that just got passed in the House of Representatives? I think it's 135. GOP members signed it to destroy the Second Amendment, to take away guns from people who have done nothing wrong. The GOP is in favor of gun control. The GOP is in favor of vaccines. The GOP protects Big Pharma. The GOP protects Monsanto, folks. The GOP doesn't want to decertify this election. The GOP hates Trump just as much as the Democrats. The GOP hates America. That's right. The grand old party hates America. So we, the people, have a real job on our hands here to try to root out all these corrupt grifters, whether they're red or blue, you know, which party they belong to doesn't matter. There's only a few people in this country who are real heroes who stand on principle. One of them's Senator Rand Paul, for example. He stands on principle, which is why the GOP actually hates him. Uh, Wendy Rogers, Arizona State Senator, she stands on principle. These are the kind of people we need to represent us. And there are a few others out there as, as well. And, and look how they went after Matt Gates, by the way, to try to smear him with all the false accusations of, what was it? Uh, rape, I think it was totally false, right? And the guy who made the accusation now has been arrested and charged with, I think, attempted blackmail or something. Matt Gates, the whole time he knew he was innocent, they came after him. They tried to set him up because he wasn't going along with their program. Folks, our political establishment is run by and dominated by extreme evil in both major political parties. And I know that's not a surprise to you. You're fully aware of this, but 
I, I made a choice when Mike Pence betrayed America. I made a choice that day. I would never again vote for a member of the GOP because, because of their party affiliation. I would only vote for an individual that wanted to, well, replace the system. You know, someone like Trump, an outsider who wanted to come in and replace it. So I'm, I'm done. I'm done with voting for anybody who's part of a party, parties that betray America, parties that have sold us out, sold us out to China, sold us out to Big Pharma. I'm done with it. I, I, will, I won't support or endorse any candidate unless they want to be a wrecking ball, politically speaking, and go in and reform the system, radically reform the system, tear down the corruption, drain the swamp, and replace it with something that truly represents the will of the people which is what Trump said he wanted to do. But of course he was thwarted at every opportunity. And he made the huge mistake of going along with big pharma there with operation warp speed. So kind of lost faith in his uh, uh, discernment, <laughs> right? It's like, dude, you were awesome until you said everybody should get vaccinated. <laughs> uh, you lost me there when you said that. And, and a lot of people feel that way too. And don't even get me started on Mike Pence. I think they're running that bioskin bag robot with the same script they have running Al Gore. They just changed some of the words. You know, every time Al Gore screams about Mother Earth, Mike Pence talks about Jesus Christ, and neither one of them mean a damn word of what they're saying. Pence doesn't, he doesn't believe in Christ. <laughs> Come on. The guy betrays the principles of Christ, just like Al Gore and the Democrats betray the principles of sustainable ecology on our planet. These people are jokes. I'm not even sure they're, you know, fully realized human beings. I'm not sure they're even conscious. <laughs> I think they're remote controlled sometimes. That's how, I mean, and they, they act exactly alike. You know, everything's watered down. Everything's meaningless. You listen to Mike Pence on the radio and it's like, he'll talk for 20 minutes and say nothing because he doesn't want to take a position on anything. Might offend someone. You know, it's all BS. Go back and listen to his, uh, his interviews during the 2016 election. It was all BS. We knew it then, too. We knew it then. And, and we talked about it. By the way, you know why the GOP never fought against censorship over the last four years? And the censorship really escalated in 2016. You know why the GOP never fought it? Because the GOP didn't want... Uh, people to be able to speak freely that would challenge their own little power cartel, you see, because if you really have the freedom to think and the freedom to speak, then there'd be a whole bunch of outsiders, you know, some true libertarians probably coming in, you know, some, some people who would challenge the system and start talking about, Hey, let's not just audit the fed. Let's end it. <laughs> right. People like that. They don't want those people to be able to speak because it challenges the power base of the GOP as well. So the GOP sold us out and they went along with all the censorship as long as they maintained some semblance of power, even if it was minority power, which is where the GOP loves to be. Mitch McConnell loves to be the gatekeeper. He loves to be the minority leader because, you know, Mitch McConnell, the turtle and, and most of these GOP people, they, they don't want to actually lead the way on anything. They just want to get in the way of what the Democrats are trying to do so that 
they themselves, the GOP, can claim to be the saviors of America, and they can talk about all the things that they claim they're going to do when they get power one day. Oh, when we get power, we're going to build the wall, you know, and all this crap. They're, they're making it all up because you had power in 2017 and uh, the first part of 20, well, all of 2018, you know, before the midterms kicked in in 2019, you had power, you lousy, pathetic GOP members, you had power. And what did you do with it? What, what you did nothing except pass tax cuts that was the only thing you did. You didn't address censorship. You didn't address political discrimination. You didn't even build the wall. Trump's been trying to build the wall like crazy. You, you didn't drain the swamp. You didn't reform the corrupt FBI, the corrupt DOJ. And, and, and we know, I mean, look at what happened there with Bill Barr came in and just delayed everything for four years. And who was, who was the one uh, before him? Oh, yeah. Uh, was it Jeff Sessions? Yeah. I mean, just a list of pathetic people, one after another, selling us out. We're sick of it. We're sick of it. And now, same thing with this, the result of the audit coming out of Arizona. I mean, thumbs up to the people who, who carried out that audit. They did prove that our elections are not secure. They did prove there's massive fraud. There should be alarm bells going off nationwide right now. Every member of the GOP should be screaming at the top of their lungs, we must have paper ballots. We must have voter ID. We have to get rid of the voting machines. We have to have serialized ballots. We have to have anti-counterfeiting technology in the ballots. Freaking holograms. Put them in there. You can put them in the dollars. You can put them in ballots. <laughs> it's. But do you hear any of this? From anybody in the GOP, almost nothing, with a few exceptions, but almost nothing. It's actually private citizens that are doing all the heavy lifting here. You know, it's Patrick Byrne, it's Jovan Pulitzer, it's Dr. Shiva, it's um, Bobby Python. You know, mostly it's private citizens doing all the heavy lifting. And, and Wendy Rogers is doing a great job and a few other people like that. But overall, folks, we have been abandoned by our so-called elected representatives. Just, you got to wonder, how compromised are they really? How many of these elected representatives do they have photos of, you know, humping little kitties in a hotel room somewhere? And how do these people allow themselves to get into those positions anyway? I mean, I know there's a whole industry of blackmail and sabotage and, you know, whatever, leverage on everybody. There's a whole industry of operatives that run around the country trying to you know, trying to entrap people. But you know what? I mean, Ron Paul resisted it. Remember when that comedian guy, I forgot his name, he tried to trap Ron Paul in a hotel room and do like this gay sex thing on camera, right? Because it was part of his movie, you know? Ron Paul got up and walked out. And in the hallway, Ron Paul's like that, some kind of freak. He was trying to touch me, you know? See, Ron Paul had, had the, the morality to say, I'm going to get up and walk out of this place. Get the hell away from me, you freak. But why don't other representatives have that moral standard? How do they get ensnared in this? You know, oh, it's, it's, it's a room full. It's a hotel room with, uh, uh, I don't know, endless hookers or whatever. <laughs> and wh How come they don't leave? I love the idea of all the 
the politicians wearing body cams 24 seven. I think, I think if, if they work for us, we should be able to see what they're up to. So I think Nancy Pelosi should wear a body cam 24 seven every day. That should be uploaded for the public to see. Not that we want to see all that stuff that she's doing, but we have an obligation to see it, you know, cause I really don't want a tour of those dungeons or whatever she's into, but she works for us. We should get to see it. Should be true for all of them. You're a senator. You're you're a congressperson. I mean, even at the state level, you work for us. We want to see what you're doing. All right, I'm going to switch gears here and move into the collapse discussion of what's coming. I'm sorry, I spent so much time on the politics there. I I actually get pretty frustrated by that. I mean, doesn't it just remind you that there's no point in voting? It seems no. Po- I mean, I'm not saying you shouldn't vote. Maybe you should, but there's no point in voting when they control the voting machines, right? It doesn't matter who votes. It only matters who counts the votes. And until we solve the vote counting problem, it really doesn't matter who votes. Remember in Arizona, they waited until all the results came in and they knew how much Trump had won by. And then they just brought in whatever number of, you know, late mail-in votes that they needed to fake it and rig it and have Biden win. Right. So there it's kind of like it's kind of like if you could have a record of all the stock trades at the closing of the stock market at the end of the day. And then after the market closes, you could just write up your trades and put them in and say, oh, well, I happen to buy, you know, 5000 shares of Microsoft. What do you know? It made money. I mean, if, if you come in after the fact. It's not a fair election. And by the way, uh, that's how uh, Bernie Madoff did it. That, that was his Ponzi scheme. He would, he would do all the trades after it closed. And then he would mail out all those transaction logs to his clients, making them think they were earning all this money, but it was just a giant Ponzi scheme. So yeah, a lot of people have tried to pull this kind of thing off. But they're, they're voting after the election's over, and they're just calling them mail-in votes. They weren't even mailed in. A lot of them didn't have folds. A lot of them weren't even mailed. They were just printing these ballots on a commercial printer and then stuffing them in after the fact. So I guess technically America's elections are really just a competition of who can run the most printers. Because, I mean, seriously, if that's what it's going to be now, apparently the Democrats are okay with that. Then, and I'm not seriously saying that people should do this, it's kind of a satire comment, but why shouldn't, you know, conservatives or whoever just just do massive ballot printing instead of showing up and voting just run a printing operation because that's what the democrats did and then when they shove their twenty thousand extra votes after the fact you show up with a bigger van oh i got fifty thousand votes and then 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 they they roll in you know a dump truck oh we got a hundred thousand votes you roll in in a bus like a city bus well we got two hundred thousand you know, it's just it's just a giant game of who can print the most mass of ballots. I mean, it's a mockery of democracy, of course, but this is what the Democrats have done with this. And we're supposed to just sit back and think that, oh, our votes are sacred and they count. They really don't, do they? Not in this scenario. So we've lost our country. And until this is fixed, we're not getting it back. It's gone. And it's collapsing into Marxists you know, totalitarian, uh, you know, an economic collapse scenario 
uh, combined with with mass death as their goal. And that's here we here we go into the winter of the die off. I probably ought to bring in today's sponsor. It's the satellite phone store. And as as the collapse takes place, you're going to need backup communications, comms that don't rely on the local power grid and the local cell towers and a communications device where they can't track your exact physical location. Satellite phones. Go to sat123.com, sat123.com, and you can get a satellite phone, monthly minutes plan, kind of like the way you used to buy cell phones. You have a certain number of minutes. And you point that sucker at the sky and you can make phone calls <laughs> bouncing off the satellites. It's amazing. I've got this for a lot of my family and uh, business associates and so on. And we have these as emergency devices now. Just a word of advice. When you get one of these satellite phones, make sure you practice using it because there's a different prefix to dial someone else's cell phone versus dialing somebody's sat phone. And you got to remember what those prefixes are. It's like 001 versus 011, country code for the USA and so on. It's a little more complex uh, dialing. But you can call any country, any phone, any cell phone, any landline, or any satellite phone. But whoever's receiving your call, if they have a sat phone and you're calling their sat phone, their sat phone has to be pointed at the sky. They can't be indoors with it. So you, you have to have kind of prearranged times to call each other so you're both you got your phones on and they're connected to the satellites okay so that's it's a good thing to do with your family or friends hey in an emergency you know we'll call each other at noon uh central time or whatever you you can make arrangements and and that's how you can actually have communications during a grid down scenario now the winter's going to be bad this is the dark winter die off and it's all of course, planned. So they want the die-off to happen through, of course, the vaccines, the new super MERS that they're planning on releasing, you know, biowarfare agents. They also want to take people out by collapsing the food supply, as we've talked about, uh, mass starvation, famine, and then also the, the power grid takedown, the cyber attacks. Now, something occurred to me over this weekend that was just really kind of, I don't know, a bombshell internally. And that is that from the globalist point of view, it's not that hard for them to kill most people. They could kill off about 90% of the population in the United States, probably in less than 90 days, just by shutting off uh, food, money, and electricity. Just those three things. They don't even need the vaccine. You shut off food, money, and electricity, and that's what is it? It's a, it's a food supply collapse. It's a banking system collapse or freeze, you know, bank holiday, we're on holiday. And it's a planned shutdown of the power grid, which they can blame on China and claim that it's a cyber attack. You take down these three things, even temporarily, even for just six months, you kill off most Americans in 90 days. Why? Because the average American, and this is true in Canada and Europe and Australia and other places as well, most people are not preppers. Amazingly, somehow, after, after the great toilet paper wipeout of 2020, they are still not preppers. Somehow. And so they're living day to day with their food 
and with and pay, paycheck to paycheck with their money and moment to moment in their life, they really are not long-term planners or even medium-term planners. And they believe what the government's telling them, you know, good little obedient vaccine takers. And they they have no resiliency. They have they, they don't grow their own food typically, right? They don't have backup money like gold and silver or ammo. They probably don't even own guns, a lot of these people. <laughs> it's because they don't think about their own self-defense. They just think they're going to pick up the phone and dial 911. And that's not even working most places anymore, by the way. So these people are not preppers. How long can a, a typical non-prepper slash totally unprepared slash oblivious person, how long can they live without the the groceries, the water supply working, the bank, the ATM, credit cards working, um, the power grid working. How long can they live? If all those things are taken away from them, even temporarily, how long can they live? Not very long, it turns out. Not very long at all. And I think this is part of the plan. You know, it's not just that they're killing everybody with the vaccines, but then they want you to go to the grocery store and and totally panic over the empty shelves where you start getting nervous. Like, oh my God, is it real? It's uh, could Alex Jones be right? No, no. You know, right? The, the average person, they don't want to embrace this idea that bad things could happen because they, they've mocked preppers, right? They've rolled their eyes. Oh, you prepper people, you think there's going to be emergencies, you know, while the government's building underground cities and stocking them with a decade's worth of food and bullets, you know. But the average person, the average oblivious consumer is like, you don't need to prepare. What are you, man? Some kind of kook. And then the day comes when they realize uh, the shelves are empty. Oh, the power grid just went down. Um, whoa, there's no water pressure in the, the tap. You have no water, no power, no food, no banking transactions, no internet. Oh, you want to log in and check your Robinhood balance? Guess what? There's no Robinhood. There's no internet. There's no HTTP colon slashy slashy. It's gone. It's wiped. <laughs> that person is going to have a total flip out mode. And in that flip out mode, their survivability goes, it crashes to about zero because they don't know what to do. So they panic and they run around trying to steal food or whatever. And they get shot by somebody who actually is a prepper probably, or they, they die from disease or starvation, or they end up selling their bodies in the streets for a can of uh, pork and beans. Right. No, it gets bad. Third world conditions get really ugly. Or as uh, Bob Griswold has publicly warned about, people start selling their children when they get desperate and hungry. Or even worse, they start renting them out. I'm sorry to even mention that, but they do. You're going to see liberals in San Francisco, and they're going to offer to lease their children by the hour, which is probably going to be a very popular thing given all the democrat you know political types in that city and they're like finally it's legalized you know I don't no longer have to use submarines to shuttle all these children around they can just do it right out in the open that's a reference to the epstein island by the way there <laughs> yeah Ghislaine maxwell knows how to pilot submarines what what are the odds of that so Things are going to get bad and they're going to get ugly. 
and the the average mainstream person is going to totally lose it and they will lose pretty quickly their shelter they, they'll have no place you know to live no roof over their head nothing that's livable and no food and no water and no means of exchange no backup money no means of self-defense and no clue what's happening to them they won't understand what's happening and i can't even really i think capture the insanity that is going to explode out of the heads of these people when their world is shattered because their whole world is a fake world they've been watching jim cramer on cnbc since you know 1997 it's like everything's awesome just keep buying you know all they've seen is a bubble economy just just buy real estate it's always going to go up forever you know they've been trading on robin hood their financial world is a complete illusion delusion their political world is is totally fake. You know, they've been told that uh, Democrats love you. Our Democrats are good people. And corporations are good people. And the vaccines are here to help you because we want you to be so safe and healthy. Right? And so all these delusions are going to be shattered all at once. And when that happens, you know, God help these people. Well, I think God's already offered to help them, but they rejected God. So guess what they're going to get? Ah! Satan, yeah, <laughs> they're gonna get, they're gonna get their Satanism because that's who they've been actually worshiping, and and Satan's not gonna give them any mercy, and uh, they're gonna suffer horrible, horrible deaths, and then and horrible existence in hell for eternity as well, and literally, the vast majority of people are going to that route. You know. You ever read that section of the Bible where they talk about there's only 144,000 people that are going to be saved? You ever read that section? I forgot where it is. Some of you know. I think it's in the Old Testament. But God talks about, uh, may, no, maybe it's in Revelation. I, uh, anyway, it's, it's, it's referring to, I think, the original Jewish tribes, if I'm not mistaken. But God says there's only 144,000 people that are going to get saved. Or at least, maybe I'm interpreting it wrong. Uh, I always have a disclaimer. I'm not a Bible scholar, so maybe I've got this wrong. But looking at the world today and looking at how quickly people turn to evil when they gain power or prestige, I would not be surprised if it's only 144,000 people, really, even given the you know 8 billion that we have today. I wouldn't be surprised because how many times have you watched somebody especially you see these left-wing lunatics in the school districts now and the superintendents of the schools and the mayors. When COVID happened, they all became monsters. Like these inner tyrants just crawled out of their chest like an alien. And then they were like, you do what I say, you know, and, and you know, wear the mask, social distance, take the vaccine. And they, they order you around it's like they've been infested with this alien tyrant that finally came out and is now in charge. I've never seen so many people turn so evil so quickly as I've witnessed in the last year and, and a half, basically. Even the doctors in the hospitals, they're just murderers. Like, ah, kill them with a ventilator. We get extra money. You know, deny ivermectin. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, you got, you got someone that's, that's healthy coming in? Oh, don't worry. We'll put them on remdesivir until their lungs fill with fluid. 
and then we'll put them on a ventilator and kill them. And then we can bill Medicare for the ventilator treatment and the COVID death also. Yay, double score. Now, this is the way doctors are thinking now. Or a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them in the hospitals. It's crazy. I've never seen so many people turn turn evil like this. Just it's it's almost supernatural. And even when the data are available, like out of Israel, it's like, folks, huh? You're the most vaccinated country in the world, and now you have the worst cases of COVID in the world. You got people sick, dying, you know, deaths are up thousands of percent from last year. And the only thing that's changed is you're vaccinating everybody. What do you think is happening here? And even scientists in Israel will look at it and say, well, it couldn't be, couldn't be the vaccines. No, no. Actually, what they're thinking is mission accomplished. This is awesome progress. Keep killing them is what, you know, that that's what they want. I've never seen so many people turn so evil so quickly. And I honestly don't know how many good people are going to pass this test. No, I, I really don't know. And I know there are some amazing good people out there. You know, here in Texas, we have uh, Dr. Hotze. He's a, he's a good person. He's a good Christian who wants humanity to do well. He's an amazing individual. You got Dr. Simone Gold. You've got Dr. Stella Emanuel, right? The frontline doctors, good people. Sherry Tenpenny, a good person. You know, Peter McCullough, on and on and on. There's a long list of good people, but it's not the, it's not the majority. It's, I don't even know if it's 5% of humanity. Maybe it's not even 1%. I'm not, what do you think? How many, what percent of people are actually good when it comes down to it? Now, you might think that you know, quote, good people at your local church. Most of those people are only good people because they have no options. They, they, they don't have money and power and wealth thrown at them every day where they have the temptations to overcome. They're only good people because they, they have no options. You don't really know somebody until they gain some level of power or influence or wealth or notoriety or celebrity status or whatever. What do they do with that? There's the question. Like Dr. Zelenko, he is a good person. He is risking everything to tell the truth. Whereas uh, Dr. Liana Wen on CNN, in my opinion, is a horrible, satanic, bad person lying all the time to the public, harming people, in my view. You know, you can clearly see who, who's choosing good and who's choosing evil. And in every case now, in our world today, the people choosing good are punished for it. They're raked over the coals, smear pieces written about them, Wikipedia all about them deplatformed, censored, banned, demonetized, had bank accounts canceled. Heck, PayPal canceled our uh, commercial accounts last week for the Health Ranger store. So we're all just punished, 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 punished by the evil system for doing the right things, for trying to save lives, talking about ivermectin, talking about vaccine dangers, talking about natural health, and so on. But the evil people get rewarded. Oh, here you can get a you can have your own book, Doctor Fauci, or or uh, James Comey, 
Jim Comey, a former FBI head, you know, if you commit enough treason, you too can have a best-selling book, right? Or, you know, you get a lucrative position at a lobbying firm. You get all this, you get money and you get prestige and, and the media writes nice things about you. Oh, what a wonderful person if you're carrying out evil. So it's very clear now. The, the lines have been drawn. People have chosen which side they're on. And my question to you is, well, it's, we probably already know the answer. Not just have you chosen a side. Of course you have. You've chosen the side of good and, and the side of God. But have you cemented that that choice? Have you proven that choice? Have you demonstrated it enough? Because, you know, the day of reckoning is coming. And God will be, I believe, evidence-driven about who gets saved versus who goes to hell. And when that day comes, you want there to be a lot of evidence on your side <laughs> that you did the right thing, you withstood the, the assaults, you said no to the evil, you protected life, you maintained your integrity, your morality, you helped others, and you did not compromise with evil. You did not compromise. You want that to be a, a, a thick portfolio of all the good stuff you did, because that's the currency that matters in the cosmic scale of all this. That's the currency. Dollars will vanish. And in the spirit realm, even gold and silver don't matter. Even the Egyptians thought you could take it with you, but you can't. You can't take gold with you. The only currency that matters is your morality, your actions, your dedication to God and his, well, his, his grace, his divinity, his gift of consciousness. That's your currency, folks. And dare I say, most human beings living on this planet today are failing failing, failing badly. It's probably like a 95% failure rate. <laughs> this, there's not that many getting saved. That's, that's my, I mean, I wish there were more. I'm not going to sugarcoat this and say that everybody who goes to church on Easter only uh, is going to get saved. And then the rest of the year, they're, they're screwing each other over. I don't believe that at all. They're going to hell just like a lot of other people. Very few people are actually passing the test because this is not an easy test. If God wanted to make your life easy, he would not have sent you here. You would not be here. You wouldn't be faced with this. We wouldn't, be, wouldn't have been born in this most epic time of human history with the greatest assaults on human civilization and assaults on Christianity, assaults on the freedom of religion that are, frankly, right now, the, the, the worst of any time in human history in terms of the scale of it all, the, the suppression, the intense evil, the, this dwarfs the Third Reich. Uh, it also dwarfs the suppression of, uh, of nations uh, during the time of, of Rome and ancient Egypt. I mean, this global suppression right now is the worst, and it's getting worse. It's going to get even far worse than where it is right now. These times are difficult because you're being tested. <laughs> the, we, we are here because God wants us to prove our dedication to doing what is good and right and moral, 
and to have courage. Remember, God doesn't like cowards. He likes people who have courage. And it takes no courage to stand up when there's nothing happening. It takes a lot of courage to stand up when you're facing intense, dominating, overpowering evil, which is where we are now. So in a sense, this is an incredible gift. At no time in human history have you ever had the ability to prove your dedication to God in such a short amount of time as right now. You can just say no to the vaccine, no to the tyranny, no to the masks, and boom, you've earned major cosmic karma points right there with the creator. And it's, it's, it's like the bonus round. And yeah, they're going to make it difficult for you, the evil ones, you know, the, the, the satanic pushers. They're going to make it hard for you. They're going to try to starve you out. They're going to try to kill you. They're going to try to demoralize you because it's the bonus round. This is the super intense, accelerating, quickening of uh, world events. These are, I think, at least the entrance to the end times. So yeah, it's going to get crazy and it's going to get even worse. It's going to get, I mean, they're, they're coming after us all because of our faith, you see, because we are good. That's why they're coming after us. And we will all be persecuted. I mean, many of us are being persecuted right now in various ways, you know, throughout the fake news media and censorship and all that. And, you know, you probably have family and friends that have disowned you. I mean, we all, we all experience something like that. We're being persecuted. So it has begun. Here we are. Every day that you hold the line on this, you are earning mega bonus points with God. If you could see your scoreboard with God, wouldn't that be awesome? You're racking up major points every day by saying no to the vaccines, saying yes to God, saying no to the tyranny, saying yes to natural health and, and your divine body and all that. Say yes to your DNA, say no to Moderna's fake DNA that hijacks your DNA. See, hold the line, folks. Hold the line. Everything is at stake. Anyone who fails now will, will have been fighting for nothing. If you fail at any point in this, it's a total failure. You got to hold the line all the way, all the way to the very last day that this counts. And we don't know when that is. So hold the line, folks. In the meantime... I will do my best to keep you informed for as long as we are able to be online and reach you through a functioning internet and a functioning power grid and a functioning monetary system. I'm very honestly expecting to wake up any day now and it's all off. It's all offline. It's gone. It's down. I really expect that on any given day. But until that day comes, I'm going to share a message like today, a message of faith, a message of courage, a pro-human message. And we're going to stand firm and we're going to fight these demons, or these Satanists, these liars, these propagandists, these communists, fascists, Marxists, the fake vaccine pushers, the pharmaceutical mass murderers, the hospital homicide um, <laughs> agents, the medical violence practitioners. We're going to fight them every day. Every day that we're alive is a day that, that we're going to hold our ground. And, of course, you can read my work at naturalnews.com. Check out more of my podcasts at brighteon.com. And I thank you for your support. I really do. Thank you for your prayers, and I pray for you. 
And you are, you are, those of you listening to this, I got, God honors you. You are God's gift to this world. And you may not even have the full idea of how much light and healing and empowerment that you bring to this world when the world is ready for you. And right now the world may not be ready for you, but they will be because this is the collapse. This is the die-off, the winter die-off. And after this great die-off, there will be a rebirth, a new awakening, and people will be begging for the knowledge that you have and the courage that you've demonstrated, your wisdom, your faith, the fact that you stood firm when so many others caved in and surrendered to the tyranny. And many of those are already lost and, and actually dead from the vaccine. So your, your day of shining bright is coming. And we have a dark winter to go through to get there. So be prepared. All right. Thank you for listening. Thank you and bless you. I'm Mike Adams, the Health Ranger. Take care.